0: Hey, Real Life Church, God bless you today. It's Pastor Jim, it's good to be with you. We here at Real Life Church are a church on the move. So as you know, nothing ever stays the same and that is about to be the case again. We have moved over to our Glendora campus because they're fixing the roof at Valley Center and coming over here to the Glendora campus and having three services and bringing back brunch and watching people pour in the doors, started a conversation with the staff and the board that has now led to us making the decision that we're going to move fully into the Glendora campus and let go of our lease at Valley Center. Our lease at Valley Center was set to renew on April 30th, May 1st. And so we are going to let it uh, run out at that point, And we are going to move out of our Valley Center campus that we've been in for four years now. God miraculously, supernaturally provided for us that property exactly when we needed it. Um, I had some deep personal connections to people who had ministered at that property uh, and we're so thankful for all the, the blessings that have come to our church through our use of that property. But now the staff and the board see that it's time for us to move and to transition to our Glendora campus for the foreseeable future. It's not permanent because nothing is permanent when you're a church on the move. The gospel is permanent and that's it. Everything else is in flux. So the day will come where we move away from our Glendora campus and multi-site again. That's just how things work around here. But we are going to move out of our Valley Center campus uh, and and have three services at the Glendora campus on an ongoing basis from here on out. A few things that means. Uh, we're, We're now at Glendora. We had said we were gonna do this for four weeks. We're just going to stay here. We're gonna need a lot of help moving things from Valley Center to a storage unit and to our Glendora campus. So stay tuned for announcements about moving days and our need for help. It'll take lots and lots of hands to make that happen. Uh, We're going to uh, have our Easter services here at our Glendora campus. Weather permitting, those may be outside. Uh, If it rains, we still have the option of running back to Valley Center one more time for Easter if we need to. Uh, but if the weather is nice, we may do outdoor services here for Easter on the Glendora campus. Uh, there's uh, there's a lot that comes with it, and I'm sure you'll have questions that go along with it. Make sure you check out reallife.la, which is our website, reallife.la forward slash on the move, all one word. Uh, we have uh, updated information about what we're doing there, and we will update that regularly as you ask thoughtful questions, and we want to share that with the world. So make sure you check out reallife.la on the move. For all your uh, questions and anything you want to know about this process it's been beautiful the last two weeks seeing how many first-time visitors still came through our doors here at glendora and uh, we're looking forward to being able to host continue to host our brunch which is a great front door to invite people to church who have never been before if people are a little bit nervous about going to church you say hey it's a speaker and a brunch you know it sounds like rotary uh, it's, a, it's an easy invite, and then people come in and get to see what a beautiful family we have here together as a church. So looking forward to all of that uh, coming up in our near future. Uh, again, reallife.la forward slash move. Make sure you send me any questions you have. Make sure you find out all the information that you need. Make sure you're inviting people to the right place uh, on Sundays. Our... Um, our pantry will move over here to the Glendora campus starting in late April. So stay tuned for information about that. And uh, we will uh, we're working with our Japanese congregation that we've uh, hosted to make sure that they have a, a place um, and and that they there we'll make sure everybody is taken care of is what we'll do. So um there you go. That's all the big news, and that's uh, that's coming that's coming right now to a church near you. For those of you who have already been here in the last couple of weeks on Glendora, you know, Uh, The the feeling it's been and the enthusiasm we've had around this and there is just more to come because we are now as we always have been a church on the move. So there you go. Uh, We're going to dive back into our series of studies in the Gospel of Luke and look at the church that Jesus came to launch. And look at the vision for that church and how different it is from the visions that churches have for themselves today. We want to get back to that original vision that Jesus had for a church on the move, a church that celebrated life in Him. And so let's, uh, let's dive into our studies with prayer. Pray with me. Jesus, I thank you that you call us to follow. And that means we have to get out of our comfort zones and we have to be open to your spirit. We have to listen for your, your word and your will. We ask that you'd speak into our lives and call us to mission in you. Keep us fresh, always pursuing the the things that you would have us pursue and never settling into what's just convenient for us. Jesus, bless our reading of your word that through it we might know you more. And may the words of my mouth and the meditations of all of our hearts be pleasing in your sight. Lord, our strength and our Redeemer. Amen. All right. We're going to continue now in the Gospel of Luke. We've been looking at various teachings of Jesus that are in the the middle of Luke. We're getting on towards Easter where we will wrap up this series. But let's uh, look today. We're going to look at Luke 14, and I'm going to set up the context of the passage before we get there. Remember in Luke 13, Jesus turned toward Jerusalem. He's headed towards the end of his life. He's headed towards the cross. And in Luke 13... He tells parables against the Pharisees, the religious teachers of the day, and he heals someone on a Sabbath day, which the Pharisees don't like because you're not supposed to work on the Sabbath day and healing someone counts as work. So Jesus is breaking the laws, breaking the Ten Commandments. uh, Keep the Sabbath day and on it you shall do no work. Luke 14 comes along and Jesus heals on the Sabbath day again, this time at a Pharisee's house. A Pharisee is hosting a dinner party, and at the dinner party, Jesus does the forbidden thing and heals someone on a Sabbath day. Um, And it says that he heals someone uh, who is uh, suffering from an unnatural kind of swelling, um, which, you know, happens to me when I go to an all-you-can-eat buffet, so maybe he wasn't that sick is what I'm saying. But he goes to the Pharisee's house, and uh, and he heals someone, on the Sabbath, at the Pharisee's house. Then he begins to teach at the Pharisee's party about how to throw a party. And most of it is telling the crowd not to do what the Pharisee has done. He, and I'm just setting up the context for what we're going to read, he tells them, uh, he sees people taking seats of honor Because going to a Pharisee's house is like going to a governor's breakfast, and you want to sit close to the governor, you want to be seen, you want to make sure that people know that you were there. And he says, Don't do that, don't call attention to yourself, because the last will be first and the first will be last. He says, When you throw a party, instead of what this guy just did, invite the poor, the disabled, and the blind. And you have to hear this in the context of the first century Jewish temple, where if you were disabled, you were not allowed into the the courts of the temple. There were actually prohibitions against people who were injured entering into the courts of the temple. You were kept away from the center of worship by Jewish law. And Jesus describes a party in the kingdom of heaven in which those are exactly the people who will be welcomed in. In other words, when you throw a party, invite in people who wouldn't get invited to church. Invite in people who have been left out by the people who have it all together. That's the kind of party that Jesus intends to throw. That's the kind of party that the church is supposed to look like. And then in Luke 14, verse 15, somebody makes a comment that launches the next teaching of Jesus. Here it is. Someone says, When one of those at the table with him heard this, he said to Jesus, Blessed is the one who will eat at the feast in the kingdom of God. And that launches a teaching of Jesus. In Luke 14 at verse 16, Jesus replied, A certain man was preparing a great banquet and invited many guests. At the time of the banquet, he sent his servant to tell those who had been invited, Come, for everything is now ready. But they all alike began to make excuses. The first said, I have just bought a field and I must go and see it. Please excuse me. Another said, I have just bought five yoke of oxen and I'm on my way to try them out. Please excuse me. Still another said, I just got married, so I can't come. So the excuses are property, work and relationships, which is like the holy Trinity of uh, secular uh, life uh, in the world. Uh, I'm, I'm out to pursue stuff and uh, I'm out to pursue status and I'm out to find a sweetheart and that's going to take over my life What's happening here is people are violating the first commandment. The first commandment is is worship God alone you shall have no other gods before me And these three people are putting other things in front of the invitation to God's table. I have stuff, I got a job, I, I just got married. The holy trinity of the, the secular pantheon. I, I need stuff and status and a sweetheart. And those are going to take the place of the invitation. And as I thought about what Jesus do, does here as he crafts this parable, he taps into the human heart. Because these are exactly the things that will distract us from God in this life. And turn us away from the mission of God towards things that are not lasting, but that we feel like we have to have. And when life is over, we're going to look back and realize how stupid that decision was. Imagine an airplane that is on a crash course for the ground. It is headed down. It's in a nosedive. And a passenger on the plane realizes that that's what's going to happen. But he decides he's just going to make the best of it. So he orders food and wine and he has a delicious meal on this plane that's going to crash. He has pleasant conversation with the person sitting next to him and just enjoys being with the person. And as he talks to other people on the plane, he comes to realize... He's fairly important. Among the people who are in his, his cabin, he really has lived a more accomplished life than most people. So though the plane is going down, he thinks to himself, well, I, I have wonderful food to eat. And, and look, I have good relationships. And I have, I've accomplished a lot in this life. Don't I feel good about myself? And the plane ends up in the same place either way. And everything that he's done with his life is rendered utterly meaningless by death. Well, imagine if he was offered the opportunity to get off the plane before it crashed and he said, no, 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 things are going pretty good for me now. Why would I change this? Jesus says that's what happens with the kingdom of God. We are invited into God's presence. We are invited to live life with God. And by and large, most of us go and chase after the holy trinity of the secular pantheon. We go chasing after stuff and status and a sweetheart. And we let that fill our lives no matter what it means for the end of things. Because the day will come where we look back and life is over. You don't get a second go round. And if that is what you have spent your life chasing after, it will all be rendered meaningless. Jesus says, pay attention. You're being invited into the kingdom of God. And it's not, it's not there to take away your joy in life. It is a more joyful experience than anything you're chasing after. So why not accept an invitation to the party? This is Jesus teaching at the party that the Pharisee hosts. He goes on, verse 21. The servant came back and reported this to his master. Then the owner of the house became angry and ordered his servant, go out quickly into the streets and alleys of the town and bring in the poor, the crippled, the blind, and the lame. Sir, the servant said, what you ordered has been done, but there is still room. Then the master told his servant, go out into the roads and the country lanes. In other words, go to strangers and outsiders. If they're on the roads, they're probably from from a foreign land just passing by. Go get them too and compel them to come in so that my house will be full. I tell you, Not one of those who were invited will get a taste of my banquet. In other words, the the religious insiders, the the residents of Jerusalem who think they have it all figured out, they've read the Bible and they're part of the the inner club, but they've ignored the kingdom of God. They're not going to get in. And religious self-assurance is not your ticket. If we spend our lives chasing after the things of this world and put God on a back burner because we assume we've got God taken care of, then God will ultimately surrender to us and let us have things the way we want it. God's worst punishment is giving us exactly what we want. That's Romans chapter one. And if we go chasing after stuff and status and a sweetheart, God will ultimately say, I can't force you. If that's what you want, go chase after it. But the day comes where our life is over, and we're then accountable for it. C.S. Lewis says that at the end of life, there will be two groups of people, those who say to God, thy will be done, and those to whom God says, thy will be done. There will be those of us who have lived for ourselves to whom God has surrendered, and when life is done, we have nothing to show for it. In this parable of Jesus that he teaches at this Pharisee's party, there's a challenge and there's a promise. The challenge is you can miss the party. You can absolutely miss the party. By your own decision-making, you can miss it. You can live life chasing after false gods. And when life is done, you've missed the party. But the promise is the door is still open. The invitation is still out. You've got the invitation sitting on the table of the party. The party is coming up. You've got the invitation. You can still reply to it. There are those who are religious insiders who have felt like they've got it all together and have ignored God, and they will be taken out. They will miss the party. The scripture uses the image of a a tree branch being grafted onto a tree and then growing there. You're invited to be a part of the kingdom of God, whether or not you grew up there. And God's word is always a word of love to us. I imagine Jesus teaching this parable with a stern voice, but soft eyes, because he wants us to accept the invitation. He wants us to reply to the invitation that he sent to us. And then he wants us to live life to recreate the party that is the kingdom of God. Blessed is the one who will eat at the feast in the kingdom of heaven, the man said. And then Jesus paints a picture of the feast in the kingdom of heaven. It reminds me of a Baptist preacher who uh, told a story about a time where he was traveling and speaking at a conference, and the conference was several time zones away from his home, so that when he arrived in this other city, he was a little off his time zone, and he was up in the middle of the night. And he said at about 2 a.m., he got really, really hungry. And he wanted to go out and get a donut and a cup of coffee. So he walked down the street, but it's 2 a.m., so there's nothing open. And finally, he finds his way into a little greasy diner. And he goes up to the counter and sits on the little bar stool and says, I'd like a donut and a cup of coffee. He says the man behind the counter uh, reaches into the donut box, the donut case, and takes out a donut with his bare hand, no tongs, no gloves, and he puts the donut on a plate and serves him the donut uh, there at the counter. Uh, This pastor says, I know behind the counter they kick donuts around on the floor, but when they serve it to me, I want them to use tongs and gloves. So he sits there with his dirty donut and a cup of coffee at 2 a.m., minding his own business. He says, into the diner at that hour came the only group of people who were up on the street that night. And it was a group of prostitutes. A group of women walked in, making a lot of noise and saying things that were crass. And he's just sort of huddled in the corner over his cup of coffee, minding his own business. But he listened in. And they talked and they laughed. They made noise. And one of them said, hey, I just realized it's my birthday. My birthday is actually tomorrow, but it's 2 a.m. I realized today is actually my birthday. And another one said, you know, what do you want us to do, Jenny? You want us to throw you a birthday party or something? She said, no, I just, I just remembered it's today. They hung around the diner for a little bit, made more noise, and eventually they left. At that point, this Baptist pastor had an idea. And he said to the guy behind the counter, hey, do they come in here every night? And he says, yeah, every night they barge in here, but same routine. And the pastor said, I wanna wanna do something. Tomorrow night, I'm gonna come back and I'm gonna bring some streamers and some balloons. Can you make a cake? And the guy says, seriously? Sure, I'll make a cake. The next night, The women come in the cafe as they do every night, making noise, laughing, being crass. But they walk in, and they see something they haven't seen in there before. There are balloons on the wall and streamers. And it says, happy birthday, Jenny. And the guy behind the counter walks out with a cake with candles in it. And he and this Baptist pastor sing happy birthday. To a prostitute who stands and stares at them. The guy goes and puts the cake in front of her. He goes, blow out the candles, Jenny. Blow out the candles. And she just kind of stared. So he blew out the candles for her. They all applauded and she just kind of sat there for a minute. And she said, hey, can I just take the cake home? It's been a long time since I had one. Can I just, can I just take it home? And the guy said, well, yeah, sure, I guess so. Go ahead. He got her a box and she packed it up and she left. This pastor says the diner was quiet. He said, I looked around at this group of women And I said the only thing that came to mind. I said, let's pray. And I stood there leading a prayer meeting for prostitutes in a diner at 2 a.m. When I finished, the owner of the diner, the guy behind the counter, said, I didn't know you were a preacher. What kind of preacher are you? This pastor replied, I'm the kind of preacher that throws birthday parties for prostitutes at 2 a.m. And the guy behind the counter said, no, you're not. If you were, I'd join your church. And wouldn't we all? Because the kingdom of heaven is a party in which those who have been left out, those who do not get invited to church those who are not welcomed in the high-mucky-muck social circles of society, those are the ones who get the invitation first. And the religious insiders who are confident that they've had it all together, but meanwhile have ignored God and chased after stuff and status and a sweetheart, they're going to stand and hold the door for the prostitutes and the blind, those who have been left out. The kingdom of heaven is a party for those who have been pushed down by society. Because the day will come where the last are first, and those who have been first are made last. Jesus invites you to the party that goes on forever. And it is not to rob you of the joys of this life. It is not to make you religious and stodgy and miserable. Rather, it is to steal from you the constant thirst for more things that is never satisfied and replace it with a deep and lasting joy where you will go go about life knowing that you are absolutely taken care of by the God who loves you. That no matter how much damage has been done to you in this life, no matter how much damage you have done. God loves you and cherishes you and calls him to yourself. And then he empowers you to go out and recreate that party for other people in need. I told you last week about the guy uh, that I met at our pantry who as a child said the church always used to come to his house and take care of him after his father left. And they bring groceries and they paint his house and they took care of him as a kid. That is the church recreating the party that we are supposed to live in all the time. I talked to uh, another woman from our church this last week who she's picked up one of our blessing cards and she's written down names of people that she's praying for and blessing. If you have not done that already, then when you're here at the Glendora campus, pick up one of our blessing cards. We're making a list of eight people that we're praying for and caring for and blessing in creative ways and inviting into God's family. She's doing that, but she says, because I'm doing that, It's caused me to pay attention to people around me like I wasn't before. And the other day I was in line at a fast food restaurant and there was this uh, young couple behind me. And um, before they even got to the counter, I paid for their meal. And so when they got up there and realized their meal was paid for, they were kind of shocked. And they said, "Uh, why did you do that? And she said, God has blessed me, and so I can bless you. Imagine a church filled with people who live like that, who live with sacrificial generosity and a passion to share and a mischievous joy that comes from doing unexpected good things. That's the kind of party that the kingdom of God is, and that's the kind of movement that Jesus came to create. When I preach the good news to you, it is to invite you out of the idolatry of stuff and status and sweethearts and into a life-changing mission with Jesus. If you've never taken that step before, do it now. And if you've lived a life of, Familiar religion and comfortable customs. It's time to leave that behind and take a step into the kingdom of God, which is a party. And then go give out invitations. That's what the church is here for. Pray with me. Jesus, thank you for calling us out of normalcy. Thank you for calling us out of the comfortable And thank you for distracting us from the false gods that we've latched on to. Now put your spirit in our hearts and teach us to live wholly for your kingdom. Teach us to live generously and graciously and surprisingly, and to do it all in Jesus' name. Amen. God bless you. Go be the church. Thanks for joining us today. Now, will you help us welcome others to real life? share our podcast, or find us on Facebook or Instagram at ReallifeLA. If you'd like to become a supporter, please visit reallife.la and tap give to help us welcome everyone to real life. God bless and have a wonderful day.